this truck has naughty words. Welcome to the Sexy Selfish Podcast Series. I'm your host, Shona Gates. I'm a women's life coach, success strategist, and a self-proclaimed badass. And I'm here to help you rediscover your authentic self, stop delaying your happiness, and step into your truth. This podcast has been created to connect, inspire, and nurture mums who want more. Are you ready? Good morning, everyone. Welcome to today's little Facebook live chat. I hope you are doing amazing. If you're watching the replay or you're joining me, oh my gosh, I need to do my nails so bad. Look at that, they're chipped like mad. Um, If you're just joining me on the replay or joining me live, I hope you have been having an amazing week. Um, I'm hanging outside today. I was going to go live from my hammock because just like, why not? There's a reason I became my own boss, but the angle was not great. It wasn't just a double chin. It was like, I don't know how to say the like octagon. It was an octagon chin, that many. There was eight chins. Um, I'm going to sound really stupid now if an octagon's not eight. But yeah, there was a multiple chin situation happening. So I'm just hanging out here in my backyard with you guys. And I, the live I did the other day sparked quite a bit of controversy, the one about leaving network marketing. Um, and I, did, I had a couple of follow-up posts kind of planned for that that I wanted to share, you know, because that brought up a lot of questions, a lot of feedback. Um, so those are kind of things that I do want to address and chat with you guys about. Um, But I woke up this morning and I always, as I do every morning, I was doing my gratitude journaling, um, having my lemon water, doing my gratitude journaling, just like asking what what do I need to share with people today? And that's really just what I said. Hi, Anna. Hi, everyone who's jumping on. Um, I just asked myself, like, what do I need to share today? And I think what I needed to share with you was the four biggest money beliefs that are holding all my clients back. Every time, it's pretty much the same conversation every time I start working with a client one-on-one. You know, we go through the conversation about where they're at, where they're stuck, where they're frustrated and guaranteed at least these four beliefs will come up because these are the things that are holding women back the most. And I, this obviously, I cop a bit of shit. I'm not going to bullshit you guys. I cop a bit of shit from talking about money because I don't think people are very comfortable with women talking about money, women talking about success, women talking about being financially independent. Um, And there's so many other things I could go into about patriarchy and, um, you know, why they want women to be small. But at the end of the day, what's important for me and why I talk about wealth, even though I cop shit, why I talk about money, even though I get colder, money hungry, whore, (laughs) you know, it happens. Um, Oh, by the way, guys, let me know if you can hear me okay. It's showing up audio all right on my end, but I'm not sure. So if you're watching, could you please put in the comments if you can hear me? Um, What was I saying? Uh, Yes, about why I believe women need to be wealthy, why I talk about money is because it is really hard to be the best mum that you can be. It is really hard to contribute in society, to society in a way um, where you can impact a lot of people. It's hard to really live in your passion and live in your purpose and impact people in the way you want to when you're just fucking terrified about money. It is really, really hard to be a present, mindful, incredible mum that you want to be when you're stressed about bills. I mean, no, no seven-year-old girl plays mummy or daddies with her dollies and pretends to be a mum um you know she's like no seven-year-old dreams of turning 30 and being terrified about the electricity bill like it just doesn't happen um you know when you think of being the most incredible mum that you want to be you want to be present and mindful and you want to be calm and patient with your kids and all of that is really really hard to do when you are just fucking terrified about money So I believe every 
person and every woman has the right to feel financially secure so that she can step into her purpose and step into her passion, whether that is just completely raising her children, whether that is an amazing career, whether that's study, whether that's starting her own not-for-profit charity, all that type of stuff. It's really hard to do that when you are defaulting on your mortgage, when you your car's being repossessed, when you can't pay your bills. It's really hard to, you know, be the best version of you when you're financially fucked. Um, so that's what I want to empower women to have permission to become wealthy, permission to become financially secure. So it's not about like, oh, I want money, money, money. Give me money, money, money. I just want this all these piles of money that I'm just going to like swim around in my gigantic swimming pool. It's not about that. It's about I want you to feel financially secure so then you can step into whatever it is that you want to do with your life. If that's just being the most amazing mum you can be, if that's opening your own charity, if that's just giving you time so that you can volunteer at a soup kitchen, if it's creating that incredible business with that product or, you know, those organic breast pads that are going to be able to help millions of women all over the world, you need to have financial security to be able to really be the best you. Okay, it's really hard to love um, and be like, I'm going to I'm going to really start taking care of myself. I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to start eating really well organic food when you're also going, but I can't afford it. Right. So I believe women should get comfortable with the idea of being wealthy. I believe all of us need a certain level of security that comes from financial security um, to be able to actually reach the best versions of ourselves. And it's not about telling everyone like you need to become a millionaire because if you don't want that, that's totally cool. But we all know there's a certain amount of money that we need to be able to maintain our life, to be able to keep a roof over the head for our, like a roof over our head for our family, to be able to have a certain level of kind of fun and experiences in life, to keep our kids in school, to keep food on the table. There's a certain amount of money that you need for that. And all I want to do is make sure that you are achieving that and your relationship with money is improving. So what I want to chat with you guys about today is the four money beliefs that are holding you back. And these are just the most common ones that I'm dealing with with my clients. So you may have completely different money blocks that are stopping you or you might have some of these and you've got some other ones but these these are just the four most common ones that I'm experiencing with my one-on-one clients and with the um, beautiful beautiful women in my money for mummy course this is kind of oh wrong I'm looking in the mirror and I'm mess, like because it's backwards on Facebook live and it's messing me up so these are the four most common beliefs that I feel people really need to work through to start stepping into that version of themselves, which is comfortable with making a lot of money. Um, and so the first one is, and I'll give you a little bit of backstory on my money history. I've spent my entire life watching my mum panic about bills, watching my mum panic about how much my dad spends, watching my mum spend hours and hours and hours on the phone, um, you know, to Telstra trying to get $20 off her bill or spending hours and hours and hours on the phone to the insurance company trying to negotiate a cheaper price. Um, so I watched a lot of my childhood, and a lot of my life being taken up with mum, mum's money stress. And I know that that stemmed from her childhood growing up her, it was a single in, one income welfare household and the power electricity, everything would get cut off regularly because um, they didn't have much money at all. So I know that her poverty mindset stemmed from that. And I spent most of my childhood watching, yeah, watching my mum stress about money. So in my association, my mum's an incredible mum, by the way, she's a badass legend, my total hero. But my story of what a good mum was, was someone who managed all the financials, someone who, you know, I was responsible for all the money. I was responsible for all the stress. If we didn't have money, it was my fault. If we did have money, it was my, like my responsibility, how to manage it. I didn't really let my husband get involved much in the money um, because I felt like that was my burden to carry. As a good mum, money was my problem. I had to find the solutions. I had to take care of it. I was responsible for it. So... First, that's kind of like where my money story began. We've gone up and down, up and down. Like I, we have months where we make a lot and a lot and a lot of money and then we have the next month we make absolutely nothing. So it's been this continuous cycle for us, up and down with money over, I mean, especially for Aaron and I over the last 11 years together. Um, 
I hit rock bottom a couple of years ago. There was $300 in our account um, and our mortgage was due to come out and our car payments are due to come out. And, you know, our Centrelink stopped. They actually, you know, I'd made a little bit too much money, but not enough to actually like survive. And Centrelink was like, nope, you don't get any more money. Um, and we had literally no money come in for a month. We had $300 in the bank and that was rock bottom for me. That's like, we're going to lose our house. I, you know, our car's going to get repossessed. I can't pay bills. I can't put food on the table. I don't know what to do. And I was just totally fucked. And, but that's when I looked back on my life and realized that I create this cycle because I was so terrified of not being broke. Being broke gave me purpose. It gave me as that, that I'm a good mum because I take care of the money. I stress about things. I worry. I take care of the budget. I make sure we've got enough food to eat. That was my purpose. And so if we were really, really wealthy, I wouldn't have all that stress. I wouldn't have all that purpose and all that adrenaline and all that drive. Um, and the minute I realized that, I went, oh my God, this is all mindset work. This has nothing to do with how much money I physically make. This has nothing to do with, you know, whether the government, the economy, whether we have two kids, one kid, no kid, this has nothing to do with it. It is all totally mindset. And that's when I started diving into reading every single book I could get my hands on about law of attraction, um, money manifestation, actual budgeting and finance. And, you know, in a couple of short years, I've been able to turn everything around. So that's a little bit of my backstory um, to now to the point where I'm super passionate about empowering women and mums to actually step into their full potential. Because when you're broke and you're financially struggling and you're just totally screwing yourself with the choices that you're making, you cannot step into your full potential. So when you can take care of your money, if you knew that you had every single bill paid, if you know your mortgage is taken care of, your kids' school fees, do you think that you might be able to step more into your full potential as a woman? Yeah. And I, that's what I want for everyone. It's not about turning every single mum I see into a millionaire or a badass business hustling babe. It's about helping them see their full potential. So four money beliefs that are holding you back. Let's do this. Otherwise, I could chat for hours about why I'm so passionate about this and actually not help you. I need to help you. So the number one money block, I'm going to write this in. Number one is I've written them down so I don't forget anything. Waiting for someone else, someone else to save you. Now this is a long-standing block. It is a generational block. It is a society block because you think up until a couple of generations ago, what was, you know, a hundred years ago, what was the main function of a woman? She was meant to be taught how to be a wife, taught how to get a husband. She was released into society and her sole focus was to snag a husband who would take care of her, get married and shoot out multiple children. That's kind of what we've been told. That's what we've been conditioned um, to be a part of. I mean, and this is not something that was like, oh, that's hundreds of years ago. It doesn't exist now. It is starting to exist less. As a child, I participated in two debutante balls. So I was released into society. I was taught how to dance, how to hold myself, how to speak to a gentleman, how to sit correctly with my legs like crossed over nicely, how to use knives and forks, how to set a table. Like I was taught all these skills to be a good wife. I was taught all these skills to get a husband. It was kind of like this conditioned thing. Find a man who would take care of you. So there's this thing within us as women that we've been told we are not enough and we need someone to save us. So whether that's a man, whether that's our parents that keep bailing it out, us out, whether that's society, you know, we expect the government to pay for, more for this, the government to pay more for that, whatever it is, we are waiting for someone to save us. And when we, like for me, I think part of me as a child I was like, and I love my parents. I do. So grateful for them. But I remember them repeatedly saying, this is what you look for in a man, Shona. He needs to be earning at least over $100,000 a year. You know, you're looking at doctors, lawyers, ge geologists, emergency service. You, know, you need a man that's got a stable, secure, well-paying job to take care of you so you can be a mum, so you can have kids. 
And it's this thing of like waiting for a man to save us, waiting for, you know, some people it's their parents, you know, they're continuously borrowing money off their parents or just you have this belief that maybe your parents took care of you your entire life and we get into really, really bad credit card debt and we're just kind of like muddling through, waiting to win the lottery, waiting for our parents to pay us out, waiting for our inheritance, waiting for a man to come along with a great job and just sweep us off our feet and save us. And it just doesn't happen. Do you guys, have you guys experienced this? If anyone's on like, have, have you been waiting for someone to save you financially? Like when I met my husband, I didn't have any debt. We met when we were 16. Um, you know, there was still a part of me that was always going like, all right, well, he's a mechanic now, but surely he's going to want a better job eventually. Cause I knew like mechanics don't get paid shit. Right. Um, but <laughs> I got pregnant at 19. Um, you know, we just bought a house. I was the main income earner. I've always been the main income earner for our family. Cause my husband made like sweet fuck all. There was a time, you know, I just delivered my son, Eric. I worked pretty much seven days a week, my entire pregnancy, which actually ended up putting me in hospital with preeclampsia due to like swelling, stress, blood pressure, early labor, everything. But because he was still an apprentice, my husband made $300 a week and our mortgage was 325 and I was about to go on maternity leave and have our son. So I've always been the main bread earner. My husband has never made a lot of money, but there was still a part of me that kind of felt like it's all going to be okay because one day he's going to realize one day he's going to go and get a better job. Or it was this one day we're going to win the lottery. One day it's going to be okay. One day we're going to get a really big payout. Like it was just this, this like waiting for someone else to save me. And it took me going, wait a minute, the maximum amount of money my husband can earn is what he's earning now. And he's, he's making good, like, okay, money now. I still make a bit more than him. Love that. But, um, like that's as much as he can earn. If he wants to make any more money, he has to fly away and do a month away at the mines and two weeks back and stuff. And he's too much of a hands-on dad to really cope with that. But it was this stop, I had to stop waiting for him to want to get a better job. I had to stop waiting for the, the magic million dollar lottery to come. I had to stop waiting for this break and I had to realize I need to create this. It is up to me now. If I want financial security for my family, if I want an amazing life, if I want wealth, it is, it's up to me. And that's where it's responsibility equals empowerment. But there's some part of you, if you're waiting for someone else to save you, if you are, you know, thinking, oh, my husband will take care of my credit debt or, you know, maybe, maybe you're single and you're like, my husband, that doesn't exist yet, but he's coming. He's going to have a great job and this credit card debt's all going to be fine. Or, you know, when I get the inheritance from so-and-so, I'll pay all this out or one day my parents will bail me out if it gets to. If someone is just continuously saving you, you're not taking responsibility. And when you don't take responsibility, that leaves you disempowered. You're really, you're giving away your financial independence. You're giving it to someone else. You're giving them control over your life, over your finances, over your happiness, over your security. You are disempowering yourself because when you're looking for someone to save this, you're basically saying, I'm not enough. I can't save myself. I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. This is the kind of self-talk that goes on when you're waiting for someone else to save you. But the fact is, you need to save you. We know that by waiting for someone else to save us, that is disempowering. So to feel empowered, to make empowered decisions, to become an empowered woman, you need to take responsibility. Yes? Yes. I could. I feel like I could leave it there and just walk away, but I'm not. I'm going to give you three more money beliefs that are holding you back. Money belief number two. I'm going to write this down first. So have you guys any questions about number one before I go into number two? I'm just going to write it in. Hit me up with your questions. I would love to actually take this time to work through some of your money blocks. Oh. And I just ended the video. Don't want to do that. All right, number two. Number two is I'm not good with money. Who's ever thought this before or said it? Or who, who actually believes? Who believes they're not good with money? Like me, for years. For years, I was like, I'm not good with money. Every time I get a lot of money, I blow a lot of money. 
Like, I do you feel like you're good with money or do you feel like you're not good with money? And here's the thing I want you to guys think about. When you are born, like you're a little baby, you've just like hopped out from wherever. Um, you're a little baby. Do you come out like... A, B, C, D, E, F, G, hi, mummy, I was just born and it was really weird. I came out your vagina talking. No. When you are born, you don't know how to speak and you don't know how to walk and you don't know how to run and you don't know how to write the alphabet or climb a tree. When you are born, you don't know, but you learn. So saying I'm not good with money is really, you got to change that around to I'm not good with money yet. And it's a, it's a choice to learn. So if you keep believing, I'm not good. We know that what you say, our thoughts and our words create belief systems, which then becomes our reality. That's kind of like the pattern. That's the structure of how our life and our beliefs are made up. So if you're telling yourself, I'm not good with money, I'm just no good with money. You start to believe that. And then that belief stops you taking action to actually change it. If you say I'm not good with money and you start believing I'm not good with money and then you start making like fuck ups with your money, it's because you're telling yourself you're no good with money, right? It's like going, um, I've done a lot of public speaking before and it's actually something I really enjoy. So I'm a little bit of a freak like that, but I would always get backstage and if I was starting to feel really nervous and starting to freak out, you know how sometimes you would tell yourself, oh my God, I'm so nervous. And it would kind of make you more nervous. Whereas instead, if someone goes like, how are you feeling? Are you nervous? And you're just like, actually, I feel like amazing. I'm really excited. This is going to be so fun. Suddenly you're less nervous, right? So telling yourself you're not good with money makes you worse with money. By choosing to say, you know what, I'm learning about money. Maybe you're not ready to say like, I am a badass with money. I'm a fucking queen of manifesting money. Maybe you're not ready to say that yet. That's totally cool. But at least go, I am learning more about money. I am better with money. I am, you know, changing my mindset towards money. There's lots of, you know, steps you can take. So if you keep believing you're not good with money, you completely avoid taking action to actually change that. So if you go, oh, I'm not good with money, I'm not good with money, and someone's there like trying to give you the barefoot investor book or they're trying to, like you're watching this and, you know, I'm going like join money for mummy and I will make you better with money and you're just like, oh, no, 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 I'm not good with money. Like it's it's not for me. Like that belief basically just puts up a gigantic wall, a gigantic block between you and the progress and the beliefs and the attitudes and actions you need to take to actually become good with money. So one of the first things you can do is stop saying you're no good with money. It is one of the hardest things to do, but it's actually one of the easiest things to do because for me, I never said I'm no good with money. My statement that was blocking me with my coach was, oh, we're so fucked with money. I would just be like, we're just fucked. We don't have any money. We're like, we're totally fucked. And the biggest thing my coach had to do with me, Lauren, oh, love her, was she's like, you're not allowed to say that anymore. You're not allowed to say it to me. You're not allowed to say it to Aaron. You're not allowed to say it at all. Those words are forbidden from coming out your mouth. And the minute I stopped saying, looking at my bank account and going, we're fucked, we're absolutely fucked, more money started coming in. It was the freakiest yet most amazing thing. It's like your words are so powerful. Who's watched Harry Potter? Who's a Harry Potter fan? Last movie, Dumbledore says to Harry, I'm totally getting my nerd on here, that words are the most powerful form of magic we have they are because when you start to speak it it starts to become true to you it's like a woman like the supermodels that get in front of the mirror and call themselves ugly all the time they start to really believe it me eating disorder look in front of the mirror call yourself ugly all the time suddenly you actually start to believe it suddenly your body starts to change to match your belief system so stop saying you're not good with money I a great thing you can do, obviously, from stop saying it is to actually start taking little steps to build your confidence with money. If you truly believe you're not good with money, I want you to open your bank account every single day and like set an alarm if you have to. First thing you do when you wake up, check your bank account and just when you are checking it, be grateful for what is there. It's that tiny mindset shift. Instead of checking your bank account and being like, we are so fucked how, uh, uh, and you start to go into a panic, how am I going to survive? I don't even have money to buy toilet rolls. We're going to have to wipe our asses on leaves. Like that level of panic, which by the way, has happened to me 
not that I've wiped my bum on a leaf, but I've looked at the bank account and gone, there is not enough money for toilet paper. That's like the rock bottom mark when you cannot afford to wipe your ass. And then you're like, bitch, something got to change right now. That's the moment where you can, instead of going, oh my God, we're so screwed. We don't have enough money. I need to make more money. How do I fix this? How do I fix this? Just be grateful for what is there. Open your bank account every day. Be grateful for what is there. Say it out loud. Like, ah, money. I'm so grateful for that $2.70. So grateful for that. Better than nothing, right? You know? Open your bank account. Get comfortable with money. Because if you're someone who's been hiding from your money issues, hiding from your bank account, hiding, you know, you get the bills and you just kind of like put it away, get the credit card statement, just pay the minimum. Like ignore it. It's fine. It's all good, right? We don't have to talk about money problems. If you're someone who's been hiding for your money, building your confidence becomes with little daily things like going online every morning, checking your bank account and being grateful. Just get comfortable with seeing money and you'll be surprised how actually more money starts to come into your life just by doing these little things. That is a little step towards building your confidence. Do you guys think you could do that? Is that like super easy chances are you do it anyway or not if you're a money hider I was a massive I would hide from money and I would lie about money I would lie to my husband I would lie to my coach she'd be like how much money have you got and I'd be like none absolutely none we're so broke and there was like seven grand in there um or other times I'd be like yeah we're doing okay and there was like yeah two dollars seventy couldn't even afford to buy toilet paper in there and eventually she you got to have some difficult conversations about money she totally broke me like I bowled for two days and she's like, you are hiding from money. You are ignoring it. You are not taking responsibility. Like get your shit together. And that difficult conversation changed my life. But you need to build your confidence around money. Maybe you're not ready to go from totally broke. Uh, we're so screwed. We're so fucked. I can't, I'm no good with money. I can't, you know, that you can't just magically get affirmations and just be like, I'm a badass. And money comes to me effortlessly and easily. And money's just flowing to me. And I'm just magic and naked manifesting on a mountaintop, whatever. There's a big gap between we're fucked and that type of manifestation. But you can take a tiny step towards building your confidence with money, building your relationship with money by getting comfortable with money, looking at it every day, paying attention to your money and building that relationship with money. In week fives and with fives, in week five and six of money for money, it's all about building your relationship with money, writing a love letter to money, clearing your energy realize that you are having a relationship with money right now whether it is a toxic negative abusive relationship or whether it's you know a positive mutually beneficial relationship with money you are having a relationship with money right now and the only person no one's going to come and save you as we talked about in point one the only person who can change that money relationship who has the power to improve that money relationship it's you that's it. It's, it's you. So build your confidence by daily looking at your money, um, being grateful for what money you do have and just getting comfortable with seeing your money. And then you eventually get comfortable with seeing that money grow, which is fun. All right. Money belief. Any questions about that before I go into number three? Anyone that's just joined, we are doing the four money beliefs that are really just fucking you up. Um, and we're kind of working through it together as a group. Okay. People with... I'm typing it so people who are looking at the replay can like quick find it with money are greedy or not spiritual. Who else has thought this before? People with money are greedy. People with money are greedy or people with money are not spiritual. This is an interesting conversation. Um, being in the industry that I'm in now with um, coaching and life coaching, <coughs> sorry, it is a topic of conversation that comes up a lot of the time because you've got two different camps. You've got people that are like, money empowers me to impact more lives. Money empowers me to create more and be in my purpose and be more spiritual. And then you've got the people that are like, money is the root of all evil. And if you want to be truly happy, you need to go and live in a yurt and eat mung beans and kale and money has no influence on our life. Um, so it's an interesting conversation. It's one that's coming up. Oh, yeah. Sneaky little product plug here, obviously. My mugs. Ah, hot mess mama. Human as fuck mugs. Coffee does taste better in them. I can vouch for that. 
Don't rip my finger, by the way. Don't judge me. Um, that's hot. Um, oh, did I ever tell you guys about... I was... Um, I'll get back to the money stuff, I promise. I was at the traffic lights the other day in the city and I was... What was I eating? I think it was something like peanut butter and celery sticks and I got peanut butter on my fingers and I was pulled up at the traffic lights and I was in my Jeep and I had the windows down and I was like, whatever. And I got peanut butter all over my finger as I've been eating. Um, probably shouldn't have been eating and driving, whatever. I was hungry. Eating disorder recovery, you have to eat at set times during the day. And I just like peanut butter all over my finger and I, without even thinking, I was just like... You know, peanut butter sticky. I was trying to get this off my hand. And then I looked over and the guy next to me in this beat up work ute and he's just like, I think he come in his pants. I was a little bit worried. He was just like, oh, damn, like this. And I'm like, oh, drive, drive. And I probably sped. I probably sped. I took a wrong turn trying to get home. I just, I needed to get away from that car because he kept pulling up at the traffic lights and he's just like looking at me waiting for me to do it again. I'm like, I was not trying to do anything to you. There was a peanut butter situation. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I, it really, it really worried me and it's made me really conscious of the whole finger sucking thing. Now it freaks me out a little bit. Anyway, back to talking about money. So the next belief, people that money are greedy or not spiritual and it's just not true. This is something, it's part of the money story, which if you guys want to see more about that, there should be a replay and a podcast. I did a whole live, I think last week about money stories, maybe the week before, um, that was really, really helpful to so many of you. I know, but about the money story, it is, you know, think about the movies you watched as a kid. Think about the TV shows, the books you read, the people around you. Maybe you had an uncle who made a lot of money and didn't get along with your dad. So, you know, they would always make comments about he was greedy or selfish or not a nice person. What are the beliefs? If you think about a rich person, what is the first thing that pops into your head? A lot of us think that they don't deserve it, that they've done something evil or wrong or unethical to get that money, that they've stepped all over everyone just to reach the top. Like think about how many of you grew up watching The Simpsons. Like The Simpsons, everyone knows The Simpsons. Everyone watched The Simpsons. I was not allowed to watch The Simpsons, the, the, the Simpsons. but when I'd go around to friends' houses, we would sneak and watch it. I was not allowed to watch it. I was allowed to watch the fucking news. I'm not joking. 4.30 report, 5 o'clock, 5.30 report, 6.30 report, 7.30 report, the late report. That was our life. But everyone else got to watch The Symptoms. Mr. Burns, you grew up watching a rich evil person so when you think about a rich person when you think about someone with wealth you your brain already already has these links and ultimately goes back to those files that says rich people are bad and greedy and evil and will step all over everyone to get to the top and it's just not true all of the wealthy people I know worked so hard to get where they are they did the right thing they help people they add value to people's lives being rich, being wealthy does not mean dirty, greedy, evil at all, at all. I grew up with family friends of ours who were really, really, really wealthy. Like, I mean, millionaires, right? I also, okay, we had, you know, one family of friends that were self-made millionaires through a real estate business. We had other friends who had won the lottery twice. And then the people who lived in front of our holiday shack had also won the lottery twice and owned a winery. We were surrounded by wealthy people and yet my family always had something bad to say about all of them. They had some good stuff to say too, but it was like, well, they're not really happy or they've scammed a lot of people or, well, they don't have kids. So what's the, like, you, you can either have lots of money or you can have a family and be happy. There was all these subconscious messages um, around me. But once I got older, I realized like looking at those people they were actually not like greedy evil scammy yucky dirty people um you know the real estate people and self-made millionaires through real estate they helped they actually you know owned part of the real estate agents which was in support of um housing trust homes they would literally buy the homes for the government to put families in that who couldn't afford housing into housing like they were incredible people and donated thousands of dollars every single year to not-for-profits um you know the other family who owned the winery he did make some bad choices but that didn't mean his entire family were these you know scammy scummy people 
And then the other family who'd won the lottery, they'd made some bad decisions with money too, but they won the lottery twice. And the people that they were before they won the lottery and the people after, they grew and developed so much. So as an adult now, I can see the differences. But So think about this. They're, all right, I'm just going to check comments quickly. Uh, okay. I still have those mental blocks I'm recognizing about money being greedy, selfish, and evil. Yeah, because it's reaffirmed. Everything around society is focused on reaffirming that belief. Because if you think about this, what would happen to the world if we all realized we could be abundantly wealthy and create residual income and be total badasses? What would actually happen? The entire system would crumble. It's like, what would actually happen if women started loving themselves? Billion dollar industries would just turn to dust. That the world does not profit by you being successful. The world profits by you being a great little worker bee and just staying in your box, staying in debt. That's how the world survives. So they will consistently reaffirm all these bad stories and you have to have enough lady balls to kind of go like, no, I know better. That's not true. By recognizing I can pull it up and correct it, readjusting beliefs every time those thoughts sneak in. Exactly, exactly. All the time. And it's like, I've been called money hungry before. Um, you know, it happened last week. Again, like, why do you talk about money so much? Like, just can't you be happy? Money's not everything. And I'm like, well, when you don't have money, money is everything. Trust me. Like, when you're getting your power turned off, money is everything. So it's all good to say money is not everything when you're making $60,000 like a month. That's fine. Um, so people will consistently tell you you are greedy you're not allowed to like make money because but it is that is a reflection of them trying to undermine your confidence trying to undermine your abilities because if you're really successful because you choose to be successful that threatens all they know about the world but anyway I will go into that on another live I really got to get these four done um and this is the thing that we need to stop seeing every rich person as someone who's evil or nasty or yucky right because we don't know what it took for them to get where they are today and one one day I was in the supermarket and the woman in front me front of me in the line was just being she was a real cow actually she knocked my trolley and then she was just she was being really rude to the man at the desk and everything and just being a total cow right and I just thought oh my god you're an asshole like you're being such a dick fuck you right and we got out and as I was loading my shopping into my car, I realized that she was in the car next to me and she was bawling her eyes out. And so I got the kids in the car and then I knocked on her window. I'm just like, hey, like, are you, are you okay? Is everything okay? And she's like, you know, I'm so, like, I just, my dog died this morning and I don't know what to do. I've had her for 16 years and my dog just died and I just... I don't know what to do. I'm so upset and, you know, I just feel like my world's ended. I'm going to cry thinking about it again. Like she was literally heartbroken. And so every time someone is an asshole, someone is rude, someone cuts me off in traffic, I just think maybe their dog died this morning. That's what I think because it's like you have no idea what that person's been through in their life, no idea what's led up to that moment where you're having that interaction with them. Maybe their dog just died this morning. That was the reason she was being such an, a moron in the shopping center and being a bitch to this guy at the checkout because she was just so overcome with grief. She didn't know how to deal with it. And it's not excusing her behavior at all, but it just reminds me that, you hear the rain, right? I have no idea what someone else is going through on that day. Just like we have no idea the struggles and the trials and the tribulations and the things people have had to learn and overcome to become that rich, successful person that we see. So we just see, oh my God, they make a lot of money. They must be an asshole. The fact is they probably worked really hard to get where they are. So every time you see someone rich and successful and you have like those thoughts come up, I want you to think, I want you to just challenge those thoughts. They're not greedy, awful people. Maybe they're just working just as hard as you are. Yeah? All right. Questions about that before I move on? I keep scrolling up instead of down to check comments. Um, let me know if that one resonated with you or if you still think rich people are assholes. <laughs> All right. Next one is I'm not blank enough. Actually, I'm taking my earrings out. They're hurting. 
They're very pretty. Pretty, pretty, pretty. But they hurt. Um, after a while, and I've been wearing them all morning. All right, so question number, or not question number four, limiting belief number four, money belief number four. I'm not blank enough. So when I say that statement to you, when you see that right now, I want you to rewrite it with what you think. I'm not smart enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not patient enough. I'm not, you know, what is it for you? What do you feel that you're not enough of to become an amazing, wealthy woman? There was two always for me. Just generally, I'm not enough. That's been a massive problem my entire life is feeling like I'm not enough. It was, I'm not smart enough. And it was, I'm not thin enough. Because I associated really successful women with physically looking a certain way. So there was this subconscious sabotaging block where I wouldn't let myself be successful or I wouldn't acknowledge that I could possibly be successful unless I was a size eight. And so now I needed to learn to own being a fat CEO. I definitely start that hashtag fat CEO um, that you can be successful without looking a particular way, but that I'm not smart enough as well. That was a big one. I felt like I haven't gone, like I've gone to uni, but I didn't study business. I don't have a degree in law. I'm not smart enough to know all this stuff. So when you say, I'm not blank enough, that is probably one of the most damaging beliefs you can have, not only about yourself and just your own self-discovery journey and your life and your self-worth, but about money as well. Because what it's saying, it's disempowering for you because it's saying that you need to be more. It's saying that you are not enough. It's reaffirming that you need someone else to save you because you're not enough. It's reaffirming, um, you know, that you're not enough of something and these other rich and greedy people are more of something. So they deserve it more than you deserve it. But it's just, it's just not true, right? So I'm not enough. And, you know, for, what is it for you guys? What do you feel like you are not enough of? What do you feel like you're not enough of? And why do you feel that way? Because do you actually, did you, were you born feeling not enough? Feeling not thin enough, not feeling smart enough, not feeling talented enough? You know, no, you were taught somewhere along the line in your life that a part of you wasn't enough to be successful. You know, there is no difference between you and Beyonce. Natural singing ability aside, no difference. 24 hours a day, one heart, one human body. The difference is mindset. I know some incredible singers. I don't know if you guys know this, but in high school, I was part of a choir that actually toured the United States. We went and did a bunch of concerts. Um, you know, so I was... I was singing, not, not at a professional level, but certainly going around touring and singing. And the singers that I met along the way, like goosebumps, shivers, bawling my eyes out every time they sang. What is the difference between those people with natural talent and Beyonce? Mindset. They think they're not enough. She decided she was enough. She decided to be successful. It is You are one choice away from an incredibly different life. There is no difference between you and Beyonce. You are enough. You just have to decide to be enough. Because if you keep waiting for someone else to tell you you're going to be enough, if you keep waiting for someone else to save you, if you keep waiting for someone to say, I think you are amazing and you can do it, you'll be waiting forever. Because what happens as women, I say to my best friend, you are a fucking rock star and you're amazing. And she goes, oh, no, I'm not. Don't be silly. Because that's women. That's what we do. We're like, yeah, no, thanks. Oh, no. It's a beautiful dress. And we don't go, thank you. I love it too. Someone says, oh, your dress looks amazing. And you go, oh, this whole thing. I just, I don't know. Like, oh, awkward. No compliments. If you are waiting for someone to give you permission to be incredible, you'll be waiting forever. So you give yourself permission. You are enough. 
So to bring up your own self-worth, to bring up your own self-value, obviously self-love, incredibly important, taking time for yourself. I actually have an ebook. I'll find the link and put it in here um, about self-care, which you have a full self-care menu. Like these are all the things to try. Take a bubble bath, go for a walk, eat some nourishing food, paint your nails like I need to do. Do something for yourself to increase your value. Um, and self-worth is important. Self-love is important. I teach on this. My entire course around human as fuck school, my entire retreat is based around self-worth and self-love. It is important. The missing step sometimes for a lot of people and it, it conjoins with money mindset is understanding your value. You can do self-worth and you can start to feel worthy as a human being, but you need to understand your value in this world, how you add value to other people's lives. Once you understand your value, then it completely changes the way you see yourself. You start to feel enough. You start to feel worthy. So a great way that you can actually work on recognizing your own value is to every day, at the end of the day, grab your journal that should be next to, next to your bed for journaling and affirmations and stuff. Every day at the end of the day, grab your journal. And I want you to just reflect back on the day. And I want you to write down one time during the day, one thing you did that added value to another person's life. So maybe you just, maybe you smiled at that old lady in the chemist. Your smile added value to her life. Maybe you had a conversation with one of the mums at school pickup. We both laughed and that laugh added value to her life. Maybe you donated a coffee to someone at a local coffee shop and you added value to their life when they go to pay for their coffee and someone's like, no, it's already paid for. Um, you know, if you're like me, if you're a coach, maybe you had a one-on-one session, you added value to someone's life. You know, I did an interview earlier today. I know that interview is going to add a lot of value to a lot of people's lives. Like that interview is, oh, can't wait for that to come out. It'll be in a magazine in December. I'll let you guys know that how are you adding value to people's life? If you could just take a couple of minutes every day to look back at your day and realize where have I added value to someone's life today? Just make a note of it. Do that every single day for about 30 days and then go and look back and see all the ways that you have added value to the world, that you are worthy, that you are enough, okay? You were a badass. So that's the four money beliefs that are holding you back, that are fucking you up, that are subconsciously telling you, you can't do this. When I'm here wanting to reach through the screen and grab you and shake you and be like, you can do this. You can change it. You can create that incredible future that you want for your family. You can get out of this position where you just feel stuck and frustrated and totally fucked by the world around you. You need to take responsibility. Responsibility equals empowerment. And when you're empowered, that's when you can start creating that incredible life. So I hope, no, not I hope, I know. I know this life has added value to you. I know that these four money beliefs, once you can realize them, once you can identify them, that's when you can start working through them. Once you can start creating new beliefs. Um... And it's amazing. It's amazing. So I will answer any questions before I jump off. Um, If this has resonated with you, if you've gone, yes, oh my God, I'm totally doing that and I need to stop. I just want you to have a think about, you know, how you're going to do that. What can you actually do to change that belief system? How can you move forward through this is this something that you feel empowered to work on alone or is this something that you want a supportive group behind you to help work on this with you is it something that you want to um is this something that you want to change is this something that you want to work on is it something that you believe will unlock a completely next level of you and i just want you to close your eyes for a moment put your hand on your heart and really think is this something i want to change Is this something I want to change? Is this something you want to change? And if the answer is yes, if you know in your heart and your soul that you want to change this, there's a link that I'm going to post that I want you to click. And it will just say, I'm ready. 
and I want you to just go on and have a look at the information for money for mummy if you know in your heart that you want to change this you will know that money for mummy is the right next step for you to completely transform your money mindset to unfuck your finances and totally change the way you earn spend save and attract more money into your life all right guys I'm gonna leave the comments open on this live for a couple of days and I will come back and keep answering them I've popped the links in the bio I cannot wait to hear your feedback on this topic um, the four money beliefs that are holding you back can't wait to hear your feedback this will also be uploaded as a podcast too. So if you are listening to the podcast version right now, I want you to make sure, number one, make sure you go and join our Facebook group, the Sexy Selfish group. And then number two, I want you to hit me up on social media at sexy underscore selfish and let me know what you thought of this podcast, of this Facebook live. I just, I love hearing your feedback. It helps me decide what topics you are enjoying the most and what you want me to share on more. All right, guys, I'm off for another coaching call with one of my beautiful clients. She's booked in a one-on-one -on -one purpose session with me where we are going to figure out exactly who she is after having kids and what she wants and how we are going to get there. So I will talk to you all soon. Have a fabulous week. Um, yeah, if this has resonated with you, please send me a message, send me an email, hit me up. I would love to know your thoughts. Bye. If you loved this episode, please subscribe and leave me a little love note by tagging me at sexy underscore selfish. To check out more of the Sexy Selfish podcast or to grab some of my little goodies, head on over to the freebie hub at www.sexyselfish.com. It's totally free and it's jam packed with hours and hours of content for you. Thank you so much for being here with me today on The Sexy Selfish Show and showing up today to become the best version of you. I am sure you got so much out of today's episode and I know that I really did as well. If there is someone in your life who would really benefit from hearing this episode and some of the things we shared about, please share it with them right now. It's as easy as just sharing the link and you could literally change someone's life. Remember, it is time to stop delaying your happiness.